Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. A number of uh, years ago, I I got reconnected with an old friend, my friend Bob Doppelt, who I knew from, oh, in the 80s, we used to sit together. And it turns out he's one of the um, most influential climate um, climate activists working with the government. Uh, he was who uh, he coordinated a consortium of 18 different environmental organizations that tried to keep o the Obama administration on uh, on point, focusing on climate, and did did a decent job for better or worse there was just so much he could do now he's working with congress and um uh with some members in congress to go through get some climate bills through and he's written uh, a, a number of books but one book that really Im impressed me it was called it's called from me to we and it talks about five different dharma principles that are needed for our shift of consciousness. When I when I we got reacquainted and I saw all the work he was doing, I said, "Wow, Bob, it's so great that your your Dharma life and your um, environmental uh, concern have come together. And it's great that you can do you're doing both of them." And then he looked at me and he said, "James, the Dharma holds the key." And that's what he wrote about in this book. I actually had him come. We were doing a, a Dharma Teachers, International Teachers Conference at Spirit Rock in 2013. And I said, I want you to come to that, uh, to this conference and have all the teachers here. The Dharma holds the key. And he did. And out of that came One Earth Sangha and a number of other things. But these are his five commitments what he calls five commitments. There are five different Dharma principles that you can keep in mind in, you're not unfamiliar with any of these, but you can keep them in mind as far as your Dharma practice and seeing this is the shift in consciousness that is needed for humanity to change. The first is what he calls seeing the system you are part of, which is another way of saying, truly understanding the interconnectedness of all of life. Once we understand that and see we are, uh, we have not been put on this earth so that we can reap all the resources for the benefit of humanity, but that human beings are part of an uh, incomprehensible web of life where everything is affecting everything else. And when that system is, is somehow distorted and, and made out of balance, the whole system is reverberating as we are seeing. It's you don't have to do a whole lot of retreats to start seeing how 
we're all interconnected. We are all related. And the experience of anatta or the selfless nature of reality, where you see, oh, I'm not separate from life. I am life happening through me. Life is expressing itself through me. I am nature, not I love nature. I am nature expressed through me in this form. Or as uh, another inspiring teacher, Brian Swim, uh, says, we are a star's way of knowing itself. We are made of star stuff and life is knowing itself through us. So this is the, the first principle of really understanding interconnectedness. Second principle, oh, I'm just remembering, this is a John Muir quote. You know John Muir, he was a, a great uh, American naturalist. I don't know if, if his name is familiar over the other side of the, the water. He says, when we try to pick out anything by itself, we find it hitched to everything else in the universe. He, did, he never did a Dharma retreat. He just studied nature and saw the way things are. Second Dharma principle to keep in mind is cause and effect. That actions have consequences, otherwise known as the law of karma. Or as it's said in the Bible, what you sow, so shall you reap. And there is both bad news and good news in that. That our actions, when they're coming from love and coming from caring and compassion and wisdom, will reap uh, great benefits. And when they're coming from greed, hatred, and delusion, other way, suffering. So I'll just briefly go through these five and then we can do a bit more, but I wanna give you a little bit of, since we're talking about Dharma as medicine, I wanna give you a little bit of the, the Rx, the, the remedy. So just really understanding cause and effect on a deeper and deeper level. This is, just imagine if humanity starts to see that actions have consequences in a very profound way. The third principle, Dharma principle, is that of integrity, sila. The Buddha talked about it as the foundation for inner peace. Our speech, our action, our livelihood, when they are aligned with our values and not causing suffering, there is a sense of ease, what he calls the bliss of blamelessness. And it's the foundation for inner peace. Simply realizing the power of committing to do no harm. How obvious, what a different world this can be if people realize the consequence to ourselves when we harm others, whether it's on a personal level and in our consciousness, uh, how it feels, 
or when we actually um, do no harm and act for the good, which is the goes to the fourth principle, what uh, what Bob calls stewardship, but what is really compassion in our Dharma practice. And this is seeing our ourselves, you know, in the Bible, it, it, it says somewhere about man having dominion over all the other animals. This is a, a, a tremendous misunderstanding. We were not put here to have dominion over anything, but rather to, in our extraordinary gifts of intelligence and and caring, we can be stewards for life and care for it as a as a wise big brother or big sister to all the other life forms. So we we don't continue to make the mess that we've made out of our confusion and our ignorance. And then the fifth principle he calls, we can determine our destiny, which is another way of saying the power of intention. What the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve, as one wisdom teacher uh, has taught, or the Buddha says in the opening line of lines of the Dhammapada, we are what we think with our thoughts, we make the world. And so to have an intention that inspires us, that moves us, not just for our own benefit, but for the benefit of all around us, uh, this is the start that we can do this. And what it means is then to open to the truth, feel all the pain, and then turn that pain into a compassionate action. You probably are familiar. Oh, I'm sorry, I don't have it. Uh, I didn't bring it from upstairs. We have a a little statue of it, of Kuan Yin in her relaxed royal posture. And there she is. You probably have seen this. Kuan Yin, the Bodhisattva of infinite compassion, ready to leap out and respond to the suffering of the world, but in a very relaxed, centered way where she is holding her compassion with equanimity. And that means being willing to feel all the pain, but not be overwhelmed by it, to what I, what I call titrate our dukkha, a little at a time. So we are in the, what's called the window of tolerance, where we don't get hyper-activated, and get confused, which just leads to fear and dread and despair, but we don't numb out either. We're in that window of tolerance where we can feel the pain 
and still have the energy and clarity to act wisely.